Hello and welcome to Nub TV, a show where we mix the best new independent sounds with the paranormal. This week's theme is space. Whoa. <laughs> and I should be catching up later with the uh, chief astronomer of the SETI Institute, Seth Shostak. SETI stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. And now they have big observatories where they try to detect sounds from space. Fascinating stuff. Anyway, we'll be catching up with Seth later and chatting about his musical taste. Uh, first up, what have we got first? Uh, <laughs> good question. It's, <laughs> it's the Metatrons. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, this is their new single. It's called Population One.
That was the Metatrons with Population One. What a top tune. Oh, I love that. Yeah, proper like old school indie type sound. Yeah, definitely. B-52s, Go-Go's, that yeah. reminded me of. Great female lead vocal. Yeah, yeah. loved bit, it. Bit of Kirsty McCall, Vindy Guitars. Do you know what? I was thinking Kirsty McCall. That yeah. was, yeah. Love that, that track anyway. Was... So thank you, the Metatrons. Brilliant. And uh, what's up next? So, coming up next, it's Osborne Jones and City Looks Like Stars. Stars. From where I am, the city looks like stars. The hotels and the restaurants and bars The flashing neon signs The lights of all the cars Where I am, the city looks like stars I know down on the street Can sometimes call Alarm. But perched here on this seat It feels strangely kind of calm It's almost like it mirrors The clear night stella sky And I'm happy sitting here as Time flows by From where I am the city Looks like stars The hotels and the restaurants and bars The flashing neon signs The lights of all the cars From where I am The city looks like stars I should have a roots riff or rumination Like an electric fuse for each illumination And though I am inspired by all the glistening light I'm feeling kind of tired so I'll just watch tonight Where I am, the city looks like stars The hotels and the restaurants and bars The flashing neon signs The lights of all the cars From where I am city looks like stars
So that was Osborne Jones. I love his voice. It's, he's almost got one of those like kind of classic sort of um, Neil Diamond type. You yeah, know. a bit Johnny Cash. Yeah. He's got that deep kind of... Yeah. yeah, lovely song and great performance. Yeah, love it. City, light stars, nice. Okay, uh, we're going to head for a break. And after we come back, I'll be catching up with the chief astronomer of the SETI Institute uh, based in California, Seth Shostak. So, you know, he can talk about his musical tastes and what is out there. Nub TV. Okay, welcome back to Nub TV. Uh, next up is our weird flip section where we interview our favorite paranormal and UFO celebrities uh, and ask them about their musical taste. Uh, this week I catch up with uh, Seth Shostak, who's the chief astronomer at the SETI Institute in California. SETI stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. Okay, next I'm with Dr. Seth Shostak, uh, senior astronomer at the SETI Institute in California. Hello, Seth. Hi, Mark. Nice to be with you today. Yeah, thank you for doing this interview. Uh, can you just explain to our viewers about what SETI does? Yes, SETI is it's just a generic acronym, actually. It stands for the Search for Extraterrestrial Intelligence. So anybody who's seen the movie Contact knows uh, what SETI is all about. We use big antennas to try and eavesdrop on aliens. Hmm. Okay, that sounds fascinating. And um, what's, what's the closest you've been to finding uh, signs of life out there? Well, if you don't find it, you have no idea whether you were close or not, of course. But that's the problem. I mean, it's either you found them or you haven't found them. And at the, point, uh, at the present time, uh, all we can say is we've been looking for a while. We haven't found anything so far. Uh, I wouldn't jump to any conclusions because of that statement. It isn't that uh, that somehow indicates that the aliens aren't there, but it may indicate that we need, you know, more observations, more sensitivity, also to technical things that we would like to uh, put into practice. Sure. Okay. Um, what was this? I saw something the other day uh, on the internet about Voyager, which is sending back some strange signals. Is that due to it being so old, it's malfunctioning, or is it? Or is there anything to that? Well, uh, I think that that's the reason, and I'm sure yeah. that the people at uh, the Jet Propulsion Lab down in Pasadena think the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's like if you have a car that's thirty or forty years old, you know, it it may demonstrate some, if you will, less than expected behavior. And uh, of course, you could assume that that was the aliens were intervening and doing something with your car. But it's more likely that, uh, given its age, things begin to break down. Sure, that sounds like logical to me. So, not that you probably have much time outside side of your SETI work. Uh, I just wanted to ask you about your cultural likes. Uh, what sort of music do you listen to? Things well, like I think I was in influenced by being in the uh, junior high school, as they used to call it here in the United States. Uh, band and orchestra, and we played mostly classical pieces, certainly in the orchestra. The band, we also had to play marches and so forth for football games, but uh, I think that that really influenced my my choice of music, which, you know, when I'm choosing the music, which isn't always the case, of course, but when I'm choosing the music, it's usually classical, and I pre prefer the romantic uh, uh, composers. I am told, by the way, by people who know much more about music than I do, that 
this is not, you know, this is what's called program music. It's not yeah. considered real music, but <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Okay. And, and this, for, say, for instance, you were stranded on a distant, faraway planet. You've been abducted by friendly aliens and you could take one piece of music with you to listen to. What would that piece of music be? Uh, it'd probably be something by Rimsky Korsakoff, maybe uh-huh. Tchaikovsky, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I find I find them very helpful. Not only do I like to listen to them, in fact, that's part of the problem. If, if I'm writing something, I do a lot of writing in my job. If I'm writing something and I get stuck, which seems to happen frequently enough, you know, I put on one of these pieces on my earphones and uh, suddenly I'm not stuck anymore. So, uh, you know, uh, although there is the problem that I start getting so into the music that I forget all about the writing, but at least I'm paying attention. <laughs> Fair enough. And uh, what would you say is your favorite movie of all time? Well, listen, I think the movies that are my favorites are the ones I saw as a kid, because yeah. when you're a kid, to begin with, all movies are good. I never yeah. understood adults saying that was a bad movie. I never, I never encountered a bad movie when I was a kid. Uh, I got older and suddenly a lot of them turned bad. I don't know how that happened. But uh, <laughs> science fiction films, and War of the Worlds, the original War of the Worlds, yeah. it was made twice, but uh, the original one from the 1950s where the aliens come down, and they're actually Martians, and they decide to you know, destroy Los Angeles, which from yeah. the point of view of somebody who lives in Northern California is certainly not such a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> so I, uh, I, I would probably <laughs> name that that. Yeah. <laughs> and that, of course, like you previously mentioned, there is this film called Contact, uh, which, which I enjoyed with Jodie Foster, which... You know, I assume you've seen that film, and that was kind of dedicated to Carl Sagan, who set up the SETI project, didn't he? Well, that, that, that is a common belief. In fact, he did not. Okay. Uh, he was not terribly involved in SETI. He was on our board, but he, he yeah. died before he could uh, actually attend a single board meeting, so he wasn't so intimately involved with the modern-day SETI. But Contact, uh, I agree with you, is uh, certainly... Uh, a very, well, I was a consultant for the film, to be honest. I, I do consult for films occasionally, you know, all sci-fi films, hey, because brilliant. it's an organization down in Los right. Angeles that directs filmmakers to uh, scientists if they have any interest. So, yeah, it was a good film. I, uh, I was disappointed we never got to really meet the aliens. but <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was left a bit kind of, yeah, at the end of the film, it's quite translucent. On, on this planet, was it a, a kind of mental ex- experience or was it a physical one or was it? It's a little hard to tell. I mean, uh, you know, uh, 40 years ago, you would have said it was a psychedelic experience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. You know, certainly seemed to, you know, Jodie Foster seemed, certainly seemed to be in the presence of the aliens, but mostly what they would do is show her pictures of her father in Florida or just shake her spacecraft kind of violently. I, I don't know if that's typical alien behavior, but that's what happened in the film. So, I mean, probability of there being extraterrestrial life somewhere in the universe, I guess, is quite high. Oh, I think it has to be 100%. In mm. fact, uh, there's a very good chance that there's extraterrestrial life, even in our own solar system, which is to say our own backyard. It's not going to be, you know, little green guys uh, yeah. waving at us, but it could be microbes. And that would also be an astounding discovery, because if you found, you know, life had sprung up on some other planet in our solar system, kind of independently of Earth, say Mars, um, you know, that would tell you, well, life is obviously very easy to get started. So it probably is, you know, 
all over the cosmos. Yeah. I mean, is Mars the most likely planet in our solar system? Well, it has traditionally been, you know, everybody's favorite place to look for life. Yeah. Uh, Mars was a lot better about four billion years ago. I don't remember that personally, but, you know, it, it had it had liquid water on the surface and so forth. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't had that for a long time. If there's any life on Mars, it's probably dead life. So, I don't know, sounds like an oxymoron. But there are other places, there's six other places in the solar system that could have life. And those uh, are moons. I mean, Venus is a possibility in the clouds, but moons of Jupiter and Saturn, there's several moons that have lots and lots and lots of water. And that liquid water has been sitting there for 4 billion years. So maybe there's something that's cooked up in it. Okay, wow. Okay, that was a fascinating chat with mm. Seth. Uh, very interesting guy. So space, there's a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. And he, he also was telling me about the uh, Amuamua this big long asteroid that came into our solar system a few years back. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember uh, It was that. like a giant rock, really, really long. Uh, most people thought it was just a bit of space rock come in randomly, but he reckons yeah. it could be extraterrestrial just because of the way it navigated through our solar system in a straight line and came out the other side without getting burned up by the sun. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So not just an asteroid then? Maybe something, yeah, something more interesting. Yeah, Ooh, which will fit in with our final show. Yes, we'll do. What's up next? The truth is out there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there, there are... I mean, he was also saying we can't contemplate the infinity of space. No. It's just massive, and it's, it's getting bigger and bigger as we discover more and more. Yeah. And there's literally billions of stars out there which could hold, you know, some sort of life. And then chuck in dark matter and wormholes into the mix. Yeah. And I'm about to Stephen Hawkins. Where is he? Yeah. Yeah. He's still dead. He's still dead, is he? <laughs> Damn. <laughs> <laughs> they should have put his, his brain in a, a jar and put it on um, cryogenic kind of freezing, maybe. And link him up to a computer. Yeah. It could be the future. Yeah. Okay. Well, from, uh, from billions of stars, back to our own sun. This is... Uh, one of our favourite bands is uh, a Flemish, Anglo-Flemish band called The Low Countries. And this is a brilliant video. It's called Sun Street. Yesterday's done, 
is what we've won Who would have thought When I saw you last You struggled to grasp How I was caught But if you still need me Well, that was the Low Countries with Sun Street. Whoa. What a song and what a video. I yeah. love that animated technique. It's, it's yeah, it's like, uh, it's like hand, handmade, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. It's not computer generated. It's very, very good. Apparently, it took 70 years <laughs> to do the animation. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, Low Countries from, uh, from Belgium mostly. Well, thank you for watching Nub TV again. And if you want to catch up with us, go to our website, nubmusic.co.uk. Send us a message. Send us lots of money. That'd be great. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye. It's Nub, it's Nub.